Section 12 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 8. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 8, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton, 1821-1890. to 1890. Section 12. When it was the eight hundred and ninth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the old woman related to Queen Nur al-Huda the adventure of Hassan, ending with, Never I saw any one heartier of heart than he, save that love hath mastered him to the utmost of mastery. The queen, after lending an attentive ear and comprehending the case, waxed wroth at her, with exceeding wrath, and bowed her head a while groundwards. Then raising it, she looked at Shawahi and said to her, O ill-omened Beldam, art thou come to such a pass of lewdness that thou carriest males, men, with thee into the islands of Wak, and bringest them into me, unfearing of my mischief? Who hath forgone thee with this fashion that thou shouldst do thus? By the head of the king, but for thy claim on me for fosterage and service, I would forthwith do both him and thee to die the foulest of deaths, that travellers might take warning by thee. O accursed, lest any other do the like of this outrageous deed thou hast done, which none durst hitherto. But go and bring him hither forthright, that I may see him, or I will strike off thy head, O accursed. So the old woman went out from her, confounded, unknowing whither she went, and saying, All this calamity hath Allah driven upon me from this queen, because of Hassan. And going into him said, Rise, speak with the queen, O white whose last hour is at hand. So he rose and went with her, whilst his tongue ceased not to call upon Almighty Allah, and say, O my God, be gracious to me in thy decrees, and deliver me from this thine affliction. And Shawahi went with him, charging him by the way how he should speak with the queen. When he stood before Nur al-Huda, he had found that she had donned the chin-veil, so he kissed the ground before her, and saluted her with the salam, improvising these two couplets. God make thy glory last in joy of life. Allah confirm the boons he deigned bestow. Thy grace and grandeur may our Lord increase, and I, the Almighty, aid thee o'er thy foe. When he ended his verse, Nur al-Huda bade the old woman ask him questions before her, that she might hear his answers. So she said to him, The queen returneth thy salam greeting, and saith to thee, What is thy name and that of thy country, and what are the names of thy wife and children, on whose account thou art come hither? Quoth he, and indeed he had made firm his heart, and destiny aided him, O queen of the age and tide, and peerless joy of the epoch and the time, my name is Hassan, the fulfilled of sorrow, and my native city is Basorah. I know not the name of my wife, but my children's names are Nasir and Mansur. When the queen heard his reply and his provenance, she bespoke him herself, and said, And whence took she her children? He replied, O queen, she took them from the city of Baghdad, and the place of the caliphate. Quoth Nur al-Huda, And did she say naught to thee at the time she flew away? And quoth he, Yes, she said to my mother, Whenas thy son cometh to thee, and the nights of severance upon him longsome shall be, and he craveth meeting and reunion to see, and whenas the breezes of love and longing shake him dolefully, let him come in the islands of walk to me. Whereupon Queen Nur al-Huda shook her head and said to him, Had she not desired thee, she had not said to thy mother this say, 
and had she not yearned for reunion with thee, never had she bidden thee to her stead, nor acquainted thee with her abiding-place. Rejoined Hassan, O mistress of kings and asylum of prince and pauper, whatso happened I have told thee, and have concealed naught thereof, and I take refuge from evil with Allah and with thee, wherefore oppress me not, but have compassion on me, and earn recompense and requital for me in the world to come, and aid me to regain my wife and children. Grant me my urgent need, and cool mine eyes with my children, and help me to the sight of them. Then he wept and wailed, and lamenting his lot, recited these two couplets. Yea, I will laud thee while the ring-dove moans, though fail my wish of due and lawful scope. Ne'er was I whirled in bliss and joys gone by, wherein I found thee not both root and rope. The queen shook her head, and bowed it in thought a long time. Then, raising it, she said to Hassan, and indeed she was wroth, I have ruth on thee, and am resolved to show thee in review all the girls in the city and in the provinces of my island, and in case thou know thy wife, I will deliver her to thee. But, and thou know her not, and know her not her place, I will put thee to death and crucify thee over the old woman's door. Replied Hassan, I accept this from thee, O queen of the age, and am content to submit to this thy condition. There is no majesty, and there is no might, save in Allah, the glorious, the great. And he recited these couplets. You've roused my desire, and remain at rest, waked my wounded lids, while you slept with zest. And ye made me a vow ye would not hang back, but your guile, when you chained me, waxed manifest. I loved you in childhood unknowing love, then slay me not, who am sore oppressed. Fear ye not from Allah, when slaying a friend, who gazeth on stars when folk sleep their best. By Allah, my kinsman, indite on my tune. This man was the slave of love's harshest hest. Haps a noble youth like me love's own thrall, when he sees my grave on my name shall call. Then Queen Nur al-Huda commanded that not a girl should abide in the city, but should come up to the palace and pass in review before Hassan, and moreover she bade Shawahi go down in person and bring them up herself. Accordingly, all the maidens in the city presented themselves before the queen, who caused them to go in to Hassan, hundred after hundred, till there was no girl left in the place, but she had shown her to him. Yet he saw not his wife amongst them. Then said she to him, Seest thou her amongst these? And he replied, By thy life, O queen, she is not amongst them. With this she was sore enraged against him, and said to the old woman, Go in and bring out all who are in the palace, and show them to him. So she displayed to him every one of the palace girls, but he saw not his wife among them, and said to the queen, By the life of thy head, O queen, she is not among these. Whereat the queen was wroth, and cried out at those around her, saying, Take him and hale him along, face to earth, and cut off his head, lest any adventure himself after him, and intrude upon us in our country, and spy out our estate by thus treading the soil of our islands. So they threw him down on his face and dragged him along then covering his eyes with his skirt, stood at his heads with bared brands, awaiting royal permission. Thereupon Shawahi came forward, and kissing the ground before the queen, took the hem of her garment, and laid it on her head, saying, O queen, by my claim for fosterage be not hasty with him, more by token of thy knowledge that this poor wretch is a stranger, who hath adventured himself, and suffered what none ever suffered before him, and Allah, to whom belong might and majesty, preserved him from death, for that his life was ordained to be long. He heard of thine equity, and entered the city in guarded sight. Wherefore, if thou put him to death, the report will dispread abroad of thee, by means of the travellers, that thou hatest strangers, and slayest them. 
He is, in any case, at thy mercy, and the slain of thy sword, if his wife be not found in thy dominions. And whensoever thou desireth his presence, I can bring him back to thee. Moreover, in very sooth I took him under my protection only of my trust in thy magnanimity, through my claim on thee for fosterage, so that I engage to him that thou wouldst bring him into his desire, for my knowledge of thy justice and quality of mercy. But for this I had not brought him into thy kingdom, for I said to myself, The queen will take pleasure in looking upon him, and hearing him speak his verses, and his sweet discourse, and eloquent, which is like unto pearl strung on string. Moreover, he hath entered our land, and eaten of our meat, wherefore he hath a claim upon us. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of the day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the eight hundred and tenth night, she continued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when Queen Nur al-Huda bade her pages seize Hassan and smite his neck, the old woman Shawahi began to reason with her and say, Verily, he hath entered our land, and eaten of our meat. Wherefore he hath a claim upon us, the more especially, since I promised him to bring him in company with thee, and thou knowest that, parting is a grievous ill, and severance hath power to kill, especially separation from children. Now he hath seen all our women, save only thyself, so do thou show him thy face. The queen smiled, and said, How can he be my husband, and have had children by me, that I should show him my face? Then she made them bring Hassan before her, and when he stood in the presence she unveiled her face, which when he saw, he cried out with a great cry, and fell down fainting. The old woman ceased not to tend him, till he came to himself, and as soon as he revived he recited these couplets. O breeze that blowest from the land Iraq, and from their corners who so cry, whack, whack! Bear news of me to friends, and say for me I've tasted passion food of bitter smack. O dearlings of my love, show grace and ruth, my heart is melted for this severance rack. When he ended his verse, he rose, and looking on the queen's face, cried out with a great cry, for stress whereof the palace was like to fall upon all therein. Then he swooned away again, and the old woman ceased not to tend him until he revived, when she asked him what ailed him, and he answered, in very sooth, this queen is either my wife, or else the likest of all folk to my wife. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the eight hundred and eleventh night, she pursued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the old woman asked Hassan what ailed him, he answered, In very sooth, this queen is either my wife, or else the likest of all folk to my wife. Quoth Nur al-Huda to the old woman, Woe to thee, O nurse! This stranger is either jinn-mad or out of his mind, for he stareth me in the face with wide eyes, and saith I am his wife. Quoth the old woman, O queen, indeed he is excusable, so blame him not, for the saying saith, For the lovesick is no remedy, and alike are the madman and he. And Hassan wept with sore weeping, and recited these two couplets. I sight their track, and pine for longing love, and o'er their homesteads weep I, and I yearn. And I pray heaven, who willed we should part, will deign to grant us boon of safe return. Then said Hassan to the queen once more, By Allah, thou art not my wife, but thou art the likest of all folk to her. Hereupon Nur al-Huda laughed till she fell backwards and rolled round on her side. Then she said to him, O oh, my friend, take thy time and observe me attentively. Answer me at thy leisure, what I shall ask thee and put away from thee insanity and perplexity and inadvertency, for the relief is at hand. Answered Hassan, 
O mistress of kings, and asylum of all princes and paupers, when I looked upon thee I was distracted, seeing thee to be either my wife or the likest of all folk to her, but now ask me whatso thou wilt. Quoth she, What is it in thy wife that resembleth me? And quoth he, O oh, my lady, all that is in thee of beauty and loveliness, elegance and amorous grace, such as the symmetry of thy shape, and the sweetness of thy speech, and the blushing of thy cheeks, and the jutting of thy breasts, and so forth, all resembleth her, and thou art her very self in thy faculty of parlance, and the fairness of thy favour, and the brilliancy of thy brow. When the queen heard this, she smiled and gloried in her beauty and loveliness, and her cheeks reddened, and her eyes wantoned. Then she turned to Shawawi um Dawawi, and said to her, O my mother, carry him back to the place where he tarried with thee, and tend him thyself, till I examine into his affair. For, and he be indeed a man of manliness, and mindful of friendship and love and affection, it behoveth we help him to win his wish, more by token that he hath sojourned in our country, and eaten of our victual, not to speak of the hardships of travel he hath suffered, and the travail and horrors he hath undergone. But when thou hast brought him to thy house, commend him to the care of thy dependents, and return him to me in all haste, and Allah Almighty willing, all shall be well. Thereupon Shawahi carried him back to her lodging, and charged her handmaids and servants and suite, wait upon him, and bring him all he needed, nor fail in what was his due. Then she returned to Queen Nur al-Huda, who bade her don her arms and set out, taking with her only a thousand doughty horsemen. So she obeyed, and donned her war-gear, and having collected the thousand riders, reported them ready to the queen, who bade her march upon the city of the supreme king, her father, there to alight at the abode of her youngest sister, Manar al-Sana, and say to her, Clothe thy two sons in the coats of mail which their aunt hath made them, and send them to her, for she longeth for them. Moreover the queen charged her keep Hassan's affair secret, and say to Manar al-Sana, after securing her children, Thy sister inviteth thee to visit her. Then, she continued, bring the children to me in haste, and let her follow at her leisure. Do thou come by a road other than the her road, and journey night and day, and beware of discovering this matter to any. And I swear by all manner of oaths, that if my sister prove to be his wife, and it appear that her children are his, I will not hinder him from taking her and them, and departing with them to his own country. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the eight hundred and twelfth night, she resumed, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the queen said, I swear by Allah, and by all manner of oaths, that if she prove to be his wife, I will not hinder him from taking her, but will aid him thereto, and eke to departing with them to his motherland. And the old woman put faith in her words, knowing not what she purposed in her mind, for the wicked Jezebel had resolved that if she were not his wife she would slay him, but if the children resembled him she would believe him. The queen resumed, O my mother, and my thought tell me true, my sister Manar al-Sana is his wife, but Allah alone is all-knowing. Seeing that these traits of surpassing beauty and excelling grace of which he spoke are found in none except my sisters, and especially in the youngest. The old woman kissed her hand, and returning to Hassan, told him what the queen had said, whereat he was like to fly for joy, and coming up to her kissed her head. Quoth she, O my son, kiss not my head, but kiss me on the mouth, and be this kiss by way of sweetmeat for thy salvation. Be of good cheer, and keep thine eyes cool and clear, and grudge not to kiss my mouth, for I and only I was the means of thy foregathering with her. So take comfort, and hearten thy heart, and broaden thy breast, and gladden thy glance, and console thy soul, for Allah willing, 
thy desire shall be accomplished at my hand so saying she bade him farewell and departed whilst he recited these two couplets witnesses unto love of thee i've four and wants each case two witnesses no more a heart eye fluttering limbs that ever quake a wasted frame and tongue that speech forswore and also these two two things there be and blood tears thereover wept eyes till not one trace thou couldst discover eyes ne'er could pay the tithe to them is due the prime of youth and severance from lover then the old woman armed herself and taking with her a thousand weaponed horsemen set out and journeyed till she came to the island and the city where dwelt the lady manar al sana and between which and that of her sister queen nur al huda was three days journey when shawahi reached the city she went in to the princess and saluting her gave her her sister's salam and acquainted her with the queen's longing for her and her children and that she reproached her for not visiting her quoth manar al sana verily I am beholden to my sister, and have failed of my duty to her in not visiting her, but I will do so forthright. Then she bade pitch her tents without the city, and took with her for her sister a suitable present of rare things. Presently the king her father looked out a window of his palace, and seeing the tents pitched by the road, asked of them, and they answered him, The princess Marnar al-Sana hath pitched her tents by the wayside, being minded to visit her sister, Queen Nur al-Huda. When the king heard this, he equipped troops to escort her to her sister, and brought out to her from his treasures meat and drink and monies and jewels and rarities which beggar description. Now the king had seven daughters, all sisters German by one mother and father except the youngest. The eldest was called Nur al-Hudur, the second Najim al-Sabah, the third Shams al-Zur, the fourth Shajarat al-Dur, the fifth Kut al-Kolub, the sixth Sharaf al-Banat, and the youngest Manar al-Sana, Hassan's wife, who was their sister by the father's side only. Anon, the old woman again presented herself, and kissed ground before the princess, who said to her, Hast thou any need, O my mother? Quoth Shawahi, Thy sister, Queen Nur al-Huda, biddeth thee clothe thy sons in the two Habersians, which she fashioned for them, and send them to her by me, and I will take them and forego thee with them, and be the harbinger of glad tidings, and the announcer of thy coming to her. When the princess heard these words, her colour changed, and she bowed her head for a long time, after which she shook it, and looking up said to the old woman, O my mother, my vitals tremble, and my heart fluttereth when thou namest my children, for from the time of their birth none hath looked on their faces, either jinn or man, male or female, and I am jealous for them of the zephyr when it breatheth in the night. Exclaimed the old woman, What words are these, O my lady? Dost thou fear for them from thy sister? and Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 12